0: This special edition of the Daily Tap is live for Sunday. It is March the 12th. We are going to talk all about Marquette's run in the Big East Tournament. We're going to talk about the UConn game. We're going to talk about the Xavier game. We're going to talk about what it means for the program. We're going to talk a little bit about the brackets, but we're going to do a lot of brackets tonight. So we are going to do a special edition of Tapping the Keg. I do not know if this will be an episode because we're kind of cheating. Let's just call it an episode. Let's call it $4.99. Uh, but if we aren't going to do the 500 next Saturday, uh, it will be like 499.5 next week. And then 500 will be at some point with Murph, uh, be a different show. Um, I already have kind of thought about it, planned it, uh, we'll, we're excited for it. But so tonight, We're going to do a bracket show. Uh, It's going to be Mitch. It's going to be Sheikhan. It's going to be me. We're going to run through the bracket. We've done this before. I didn't think we did last year, but we've done it before. It's a lot of fun, Uh, and I think having a third person will be a good time. Uh, Sheikhan is a big college hoops guy. He won our our bracket challenge last year, which is on Yahoo. It's live, password, college hoops. Look up Tapping the Keg. It's also posted on our social media uh, whether it's on Twitter, Tab and Keg, I don't think I have it right now posted on Instagram, but I will get it up on the gram and put it as like a story so it's right there available, maybe in our link tree. Uh, something something along those lines. We'll do something so it's easy for you to find and um, that keep reminding you to sign up and everything like that. Uh, we are on social, Tab and Keg on Twitter, Tab and Keg Sports on Instagram as well as TikTok. Uh, We also uh, rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. Uh, The listens have been out of this fucking world uh, the last few days, so thank you. Uh, You guys are spreading the wealth. You guys are sharing this, or if you just found the podcast, um, welcome to have you. Uh, Hopefully, you guys connect on social. Let me know. Um, I I I love to talk to people that follow and that are a part of this ride and journey with me and i i really want to take it to the next level i always say i say that a lot um i i don't always practice what i preach but at the same time I, I do um and i know my window like a certain quarterback in green bay or maybe not in new york now is closing and by the way if rogers does make a decision um today and it happens we will talk about it on that pot. we'll have to um it'll we'll probably talk about that before the brackets um, maybe we'll talk about the Bucks losing that one to the Warriors at the end, um, just as a recap, because, man, that was a frustrating loss. Uh, so stay tuned for kind of like part two. Um, so you'll have two podcasts, really, um, on Monday if you're not listening to this before the selection show or you're listening to this uh, before we post what Shannon, uh, Mitch, and myself are doing today. So let's waste no more time. Let's talk about Marquette and their continued dream season. The Marquette Golden Eagles, I, I, I'm almost out of words. I'm almost out of superlatives for what the Golden Eagles have done this season, right? You start out preseason number nine ranked. We all know the story. And Tyler Kolek then said at Big East Media Day, fuck them to those who think that they are the ninth best team in the Big East. And and that was sort of the rallying cry. And then Tyler Kolek mentioned yesterday that nobody thought they would win the Big East tournament and the chip on our shoulder just kept, keeps getting bigger. Barcapp believes they can beat every team in basketball right now. And I had a thought yesterday, which is a scary thought, but I'm like, is this the college basketball version of TCU? So remember TCU, right? And everyone's like, how does TCU do this in football? And how, how is TCU beating this team? There's no way TCU can keep, keep doing this. How do they keep getting away with it? The Breaking Bad meme, if you will. And so I started wondering, is that Marquette? Is that Marquette this year? As like TCU kind of came from nowhere to make it to the college football national championship. Now, did they get their asses kicked in that game? Absolutely. But that season will still be remembered fondly, just like the Marquette 2003 season is remembered fondly, even though we got our asses handed to us by Kansas and New Orleans. No one really remembers that. No one really – I shouldn't say remember, but it's it's a footnote, right? We remember the run. We remember the D-Wade triple-double. We remember that team. That team still gets recognized in a very special way. And this team will get recognized in an exact manner. And it's 20 years later, and, and there's something kind of fun about that. But I, I do think that this is a better version of that team. I, this is the best team that I've watched as a Marquette fan my entire life. Like, it's it's hard to describe, really, because it it, it happened so fast. It came out of nowhere. You didn't expect it. At every day, every day. You, I wouldn't say you expected the other shoe to fall, but you just expected maybe to take a step back, maybe to not be at this level. But Marquette is as much of a national championship contender as anyone in college basketball. I cannot believe I'm saying that on Selection Sunday. I did an expectations pod, I think it was about a month ago. It was right after, I think, the, the, the Paul game. And I was like, all right, where first the first DePaul went. And I was like, where should our expectations be? And I said, well, really importantly, as I just want to win one tournament game, and I, I, I still somewhat stand by that because the fact is they have not won a tournament game in 10 years. They know that that'll that'll be there. That will be a CBS graphic or wherever they're playing, whether it's CBS or TNT or True TV. That's going to be a graphic that shows up early. There's going to be a graphic on Shock Smart that he has not won a tournament game since 2011. That might be justification for those who are maybe Badger fans or people who don't who don't believe in Marquette, who don't see this dream, you know, developing that they're going to pick against Marquette, whether it's in the first round or the second round. And there are teams we don't want to see. I think Colgate is is one of those teams. But I think once Marquette can kind of get that monkey off the back, they can they can go. They and you saw it in the Big East tournament, and that's, that's what we're here to talk about is after that St. John's game, where they were a little tight, they were a little timid, they weren't there themselves. I think I said it on Friday's show, but it felt like it was the worst Marquette performance I had seen all season, and they came out victorious. But once they did, it was all systems go. The approach against Connecticut was phenomenal. They not only beat the Huskies, they beat the referees, they beat the crowd, they beat everybody. That was Marquette against the world shit to the Xavier game, like, I was like, oh my, it was almost house money. Like I talked to my dad, who's a Marquette grad. And I was like, you know what? I want to beat Xavier. Uh, it's good to beat Xavier. I think Xavier is good. But I, at the end of the day, like, I'm kind of happy that would just be UConn. Like, and I know that sounds like a loser, loser talk, but Everything was stacked to UConn's favor. Everybody was talking about how hot the Huskies were, how you know, Madison Square Garden is their place. Danny Hurley talked about owning Madison Square Garden. And Danny Hurley said their defensive, you know, tenacity wasn't going to sustain for an entire game in the first half. Dan Hurley, I've always thought as a penis, I now confirmed he is an absolute douchebag uh, and probably my least favorite coach in the Big East. And I feel like a rivalry was sprung overnight between Marquette and Connecticut. I think the fan bases are okay with each other, at least like online, in person, uh, my guy, KB Rocks, was like, yeah, it was pretty rough. He was in New York, sending me pictures. Shout out to him. I think I got his Twitter handle right. If I didn't, I, it's, the handle's like KP Weasel, but I think the actual name is KP Rocks. I should have been better at that. Should have been prepared. But shout out to him for sending me pictures and and celebrating uh, handsomely, if you will, in, in uh, New York City. But that said, like Connecticut really did not take us seriously. They did not believe that Marquette was this team. They believed that they were what Marquette is. Right? They looked in the mirror and saw Biggie's champion, whether it was regular season or tournament. They thought they were the best team, and Marquette showed who was the big dick on the block. Uh, that win is going to go down in history. Like Xavier win was incredible in its own way, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the UConn win was—it's it, a turning point. It's a—it's a moment in time where you're like, holy shit. This team has it like this. You always kind of knew it. I think the Creighton game is another great example of that. It, you know, in in Omaha, down eight points early on in the second half, and Marquette comes back and wins that game. It that was one that you felt like, holy shit. OK, this team, this team knows what it is. This team knows that it's one of the best teams in college basketball. Then you see it against the the Huskies, too, where you're out outmatched your Sanogo's throwing elbows they don't care every chicken wing by Connecticut is not being called it's it's just completely a one-sided affair and it didn't matter Tyler Kolick was locked in from the get-go on the semi-final as well as the final he played great he showed everybody why he is the biggest player of the year in that Connecticut game Kulik finished with 17 points he had two two made threes, he had six assists, four rebounds. He was two steals. He was really, really good, even with a little bit of foul trouble. Then against the Musketeers, he had 20 points, two made threes, seven rebounds, three assists, three steals. I mean, he just fills up the stat sheet and he puts the team on his back. And he is such a calming presence. And he, to me, is the biggest winner, besides Shock Smart, he's the biggest winner of this of this week, is because Kulik was locked in in the Connecticut game. He was locked in in the Xavier game. He took control early on in the St. John's game. Kulik was a little tight early on. And and his coach said that. And his second half was incredible. And his overtime was great. He had one bad half in this Big East tournament. But after that, he, you know, had his moment. And, you know, we've seen this before. And we've seen it carry all the way in the championship. You know, Kemba Walker, yes, had the dramatic shots. But Kemba Walker was that dude during that tournament for the for the Huskies. Jerry McNamara, now it didn't translate over into tournament success. Jerry McNamara was that dude for the tournament. Sometimes guys get hot too. It's not just teams, it's guys, and they can carry you all the way. And Tyler Kolek is that guy. I mean, remember, I mean, this is another like memory of the season, but it was, I think it was in middle of January. I was a little bit like, all right, yeah, this is great. This is a fun run, but Maybe Sweet 16, you know, is is sort of the peak. And Mitch was like, are you sure? Mitch is like, "This Tyler Golik's the kind of guy that you, you see make March Madness runs. Like, you need a good point guard to make a deep run in March Madness. And I know people will quote the Kempom uh, defensive rating stuff, and I want to talk about that with Mitch and Shannon, because I think that has jumped the shark, um, in my opinion. But we'll, we'll discuss that uh, later today. But yes, I, I look at Tyler Kolick and I see a guy who can who can take it to to the max, take it to the limit, and not be afraid of anyone. And that's that's something that it's hard to it's hard to put a price on. And he is an awesome, awesome player. And he is an immediate fan favorite. He's a guy that I think is going to get drafted in the NBA. Jonathan Gavoni, who's one of the top draft guys uh, that going says he really feels like Kolek has a chance to be a National Player of the Year candidate next year and an NBA pick next year. So he still thinks Kolek needs another year. I don't think Kolek's going to go out. Uh, I mean, maybe he tests the waters. Maybe he just kind of gets a feel of what he needs to do. Um, But I don't expect Tyler Kolek to leave. I'd be crestfallen if he did. And if he did, you know, that's, that's life, right? That happens. Uh, And that's, and then you just pick back up and you try to find your next Tyler Kolick. It is kind of funny looking back. If you go and listen to early podcasts, when I was previewing this Marquette season, and I said, like, my big worry for Marquette this year is who's going to be the guy in the last five minutes. Like, who is going to be that guy that takes the game by the balls and wins it for them? Because Justin Lewis did that. Daryl Marcel did that last year for Marquette. And I thought at some points it would be Cam Jones. And then as the year went on, it was Tyler Kolick, And it's been Tyler Kolick. And there's nobody I want with the ball in the last five minutes than Tyler Kolick. And so his performance this week was legendary. And I I really appreciate it. And I, I'm really glad to be along for the ride. Also, you know, I, I thought Chaka uh, did a great job, you know, keeping that energy all week, um, kind of keep playing the underdog role, which is fine. I, I have no problem with it. They were underdogs against Connecticut. They were four-point dogs, which I really wish I would have grabbed that. I didn't. I, I will say that. I I was a little nervous, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, and I, I said, no, I'm not going to stay there. I should have like live bedded or something. I should have done something with it. I didn't. Um, I kept, kept my uh, – my gun in the holster uh for that one. Uh, but your boy also had a really bad Friday morning. It, and I had a bad Thursday, had a bad Friday. And so I was like, I was being a little more conservative Saturday Friday night, and it ended up being a good Friday night. But I uh I, I didn't uh didn't make any any sort of wagers there. But yeah, Shaka Shaka played the underdog card well uh in the Connecticut and then he kept everybody's focus for Xavier, right? Like I think the Xavier win, like I know what I said about the Connecticut, where I just wanted to win that one. And I I made it, I think I did say Connecticut was more impressive. But not to argue with myself, I I think if you were to argue the Xavier is more impressive. Marquette and and the Musketeers played twice, and the the scores were close. Like, they they were down to the wire. Marquette won on a omax Tippin in Milwaukee, where they were down 13 early on in that game. And Omax tips it in to win the game at the last second. The game in Cincinnati went down to the final, final, down to the wire. Solly Bloom hit a big shot late and Marquette lost 86 to 82. Like that, they were two extremely competitive games. And then in the Big East tournament, Marquette ate their lunch from the start. Marquette was up 21 to four after 10 minutes of this game. Marquette absolutely turned up the pressure where you had national media types like Matt Norlander saying, if Marquette comes with this kind of defense, they can win an NCAA championship. That's the type of stuff that's going on right now and being said about the Golden Eagles after that performance. It's hard for me to think that Marquette isn't a two seed. They might they might be a three. I was, I've been baiting it on Twitter a little bit uh, this afternoon that Gonzaga is going to have a real case for that last two, and we'll see how it all works out. But I felt like that was a statement game for Marquette. I felt like that was them saying, we are one of the best. Like, if you want to be the best, we we are there. They played a tough as nails game against Connecticut. They were battered and bruised, and it did not fucking matter. They turned it up on Xavier. Solly Bloom did absolutely nothing in this game. I think he, what did he finish with? He finished with one point. He, had, he missed all of his shots inside the arc. He missed all of his shots outside the arc. He made two free throws. That was it. Jack Nudgee, another one of their stars, he only had six points. He made three shots inside the arc, missed one. He had seven rebounds, but that was it for Nudgee. He was bad. Uh, you, The only guy that really showed up for Xavier and it was mostly late was Adam Kunkel. Uh, he had 14, but a lot of that was down the stretch. And did it tighten up in certain spots? Yes, but every time it sort of tightened up, Marquette pulled it back. Like you could make a, a legitimate case that, even a 14-point win doesn't tell the full story of how dominant Marquette was. And it it's just the dream continues. It's like every time you think that maybe it's going to end or that it's, it's not going to work out the way you want, it just keeps going. And I, I think that's where why my confidence level has taken a step up. I'm still worried. I'm still, I'll still be nervous as fuck, whoever they play in round one, right? I'm still going to be scared to death of that game. That first 10 minutes is going to be like, I'm going to probably feel as much pressure as they do. But I hope that once Marquette gets their C-Leagues, they're going to have a huge contingent. They're hopefully going to get a very good spot, whether it's Des Moines or Columbus. Des Moines is the closest one to where the Golden Eagles campus is. So hopefully Des Moines is where Marquette gets. They're going to have a large traveling base. This fan base is reignited. And if things go to shit here in the next week, at the end at the end of the day, you have a fan base now that really gives a shit again. And that hasn't been said really since the Buzz Williams 2013 team. And that run when Buzz went on three straight sweet 16s, right? That was the last time this fan base cared. And this fan base was all in. They never really got there with Wojo. They had their year, but then the COVID year happens, right? And it, it just never felt like a connected, a connected program like that the the fans felt the same way as the coaches and the players and everybody was all in on the same goal there felt like there was this weird disconnect with wojo and I, I think that was part of steve's fault and not to not to bring him up on such a glorious day but i i do think that was part of the problem whether it's the egbs whether it's how shaka you know respects the university whether it's how he respects the players how he talks about just marquette the institution Everybody is there together. It, it is a cohesive unit. It's a one blood, a one, you know, one team, one one heartbeat unit, right? And that's that's what Marquette is right now. And I don't think we've been able to say that for a long time. And you might, you could make a case that Shaka is the most fan-friendly coach that maybe they've, uh, Buzz, Buzz was really, Buzz was, you know, I I think the people have now, Seen a different side of Buzz. Um, he's, you know, kind of. I think everybody sees him now as like the PJ Fleck of college basketball. But back then, I think we were all in on Buzz, and and Buzz had a lot of the similar, similar traits. I think that Chaka did. So I, I don't want to go as far to be like Chaka has been the most fan friendly coach they've had. You know, in the in my you know time as being a Marquette fan, because I, I don't know if that's accurate. I, I I won't say that. But yeah, it's it's been it's been a ride, man. And I hope that Chaka can sure, some of those demons, I sneaky want to get Texas in somewhere, right? Like to have that revenge, those players will want to get revenge for Shaka Smart, even though Shaka made probably one of the best decisions a coach has made in the last 10 years. I think we can comfortably say the decision Shaka made to leave Texas and go to Marquette has worked out tremendously for him. And uh, I, I am happy for him because he's a great coach and Probably right now, I think he's number one on the coach power, the Wisconsin Coach Power rankings. It's like him and then Bud. And then down the list, I think Matt LaFleur. And well, Craig Council, Craig Council's, I think, there at three. And then I think LaFleur is shockingly at four. That's crazy. Um Fickle, it's TBD, right? So we'll we'll have to see. Other players, other things to note here uh, before we ride out. I felt like Oso is going to have a moment in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I felt bad kind of for Oso. Uh, he couldn't breathe on anyone in Connecticut, so he barely played in that game. He only ended up playing 18 minutes total. He had some. Mo- he looked like he was going to have a big game early on, and then the refs kind of slowed down Iguodaro, which is extremely frustrating that that happened to him. I, I really hope that there's still more to come. Uh, he had seven turnovers in that game against St. John's, so that's, you know... It, at some point, there's going to be an Oso moment. Um, it's just not. It's not there yet, and I, I do think there's there's going to be a great matchup for him, and he's going to have a headline performance. David Joplin. Uh, I don't know if I've seen this, and I, maybe I, we should talk about this more. But is David Joplin 2003 Steve Novak? Like Joplin comes off the bench, he's incredible in that in that role. He had he really has helped Marquette in the in the two games Connecticut and Xavier Mar- Marquette does not win against Connecticut without David Joplin's 17 points right David Joplin was so good four three pointers he made all three three free throws I'm I think Joplin's going to be a potential NBA guy with his range he just needs to get a little more in shape and he needs to lose some of that baby fat I think once he does. He's gonna be a force and a little bit better ball handler. Like I think Joplin, the sky's the limit for David Joplin. Uh he's gonna be really talented at six seven, uh, two twenty. I don't think he's two twenty. I think he's like two forty, but that's that's okay. That's okay. I'm not here patching. Uh but yeah, I I expect more moments from David Joplin. Uh he what do you have? 12 in the game against uh Xavier with three more made threes. The guy just like shooting shooting in the moment, right? He he never looked scared, never looked intimidated by the moment. And you have to give a ton of credit there to Jop. Uh, even though Cam Jones was awful from three in two of the games, I still I still think Cam Jones is going to be needed. Um, shot selection for Cam can be a little questionable at times, but I, I want my three point guys to fire. You know what's to say that Cam Jones can't just be red hot and, and win Marquette a game in the first half of a, of a tournament game where he just cannot miss and you just keep feeding him the ball. Uh, I. I think it's okay. Um, I'm not not too worried about it. I would say that if you're if you had one guy where maybe you're a little worried about come tournament time, it's Cam. But I, I still am gonna hold out hope that Cam Cam sort of pulls it all together uh, come come the tournament next week. Omax, I thought actually was sneaky underrated for what Omax did this week. I think Omax is an unsung hero. Um, I know he's getting brought up as an MBA guy. And he should, right? Like he has the the length, he has the the talent, the you know the skill, the the athleticism. But I, I think sometimes it's underrated on all the different little things he can do. He made all ten of his free throws in the games against Connecticut and Xavier. He had eleven and nine uh, points wise uh, in both the game against UConn and Xavier. He's I think kind of talked learned that maybe he's not a three point shooter that. He wants to be, he's still shooting about three to four a game. I wish it was more like two. Um, I get that, you know, sometimes you're hot, but like he hasn't made, he hasn't made, I don't know if he's made more. Than, though yeah. against St. John's the first game he made four threes, but that's the last time he's made more than two threes in a game. It's usually one of four, one of three, something like that. I would personally like it if it's more just take take everything to the basket because there's not a lot of teams that can handle his athleticism I and mean, that's, So it makes Marquette so tough, right? Like we talked about Kolek earlier, but it's the other guys too. And other guys can have moments. It's, I would not be surprised if Joplin or Stevie Mitchell, we didn't mention like ultimate glue guy. One of my favorites to watch Stevie has a moment, uh, chase Ross. I, I mean, chase Ross, I have all the stock in chase Ross. Like if, Chase Ross somehow doesn't work out. Like it's going to kind of be like an SVB situation for me. Um, That's a great reference. If you, if you do know, if you don't know, uh, just look it up. But yeah, I, I truly think like Chase Ross is going to be great. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a moment. I, I, Ben Gold, like all the Marquette people think Ben Gold has what it takes to be a really good player. And could Ben Gold have himself a moment in, in the tournament? Maybe. Um, So we'll have to see. It's, it's awesome man uh, it's I'm as excited about this team as I've been really any any team yeah I, I can say I can say that confidently right like and it's such a breath of fresh air after the shit we've been through as sports fans as how I root right as a as a Marquette Wisconsin football. Uh, which I know people hate. and I'm sorry. Not going to apologize too, too much. I've explained it before. You can go look it up. Green Bay Packer, Milwaukee Buck, Brewer. Brewers were a disaster 2022. Packers were equally a disaster. Badger football went off the rails. The Bucks have been good, but the injury stuff worries you. They're still really, really good. And this Bucks season is fun. Like they should have beat that Warriors team last night, but this has been a, that was a really fun fourth quarter. Like I, all of a sudden I was back into what I was like with Marquette, you know, trying to, you know, get the Bucks of victory and fucking drew that, that was such a bummer. But now with Mark Hatman, we're having a lot of fun and this it's not over. And I, I really hope that I get three more weeks of this. I think that would be amazing. And just that to have that would be so cool. And we're definitely going to get one more week. And I, I just hope the dream doesn't die earlier than it needs to, because that would be a shame. But if it does, for some reason, everybody should be back. Yeah, unless transfer portal, unless they're ambitious about the NBA, um, they, there's no reason why we won't see all these guys back and, and probably be a top five, top 10 team to start next year, which will be another discussion about how to handle expectations and everything like that. But I, I really hope we're not talking about that sort of shit until like early April. Right. That's when I, that's when I want to be having that conversation. I won't be having that conversation with you guys uh, till next weekend. We, don't, we I want to have that in a few weeks. So let's hope that's that's the case. All right. That does it for our special uh, more cut edition of uh, the Daily Tap. And we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, you'll have Mitch, Jay Ken, and I picking the bracket. Um, I'm sure we'll maybe touch on the Rogers stuff and the Buck stuff uh, after. Um, if Rogers were to get traded before that, um, we'll probably talk about it before. So it's kind of how it'll work. That's how the sausage is made. And then we'll be back with podcasts later that week. So you'll have me probably Tuesday night, Tuesday to talk about the Kings and talk about what happened in that game, as well as, you know, getting ready for the tournament, things like that. Wednesday for the Suns. And then we'll just figure out uh, the tournament, how we're going to, how we're going to slice it. I haven't decided that yet. I have to sort of see when Marquette plays. Um, that's a big factor, but also I know like once the games start, you guys are probably not going to be wanting to listen to the podcast. You're going to probably just watching basketball all day, whether you're at, what work you're at home, uh, and yeah, make sure you're signing up for Tapping the Keg Madness. It's all over our social medias. Uh, but the password is college hoops. If you want to sign up, enter 100 bucks to the winner, it's free to enter. Uh, and then if you do also get that 100 bucks, an optional uh podcast appearance. Um, and if anyone's partner for a second place or a third place prize, I'm all ears. Um, would love, would love that, but not necessary. All right, take care. Have a good one. See you. Bye.